0: our lord and savior jesus christ wherefore i will not be negligent to put you in remembrance of these things though you know them and be established in the present truth yea i think it meet as long as i am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance now father bless our time together father we ask you in the name of jesus christ lord to touch hearts this morning Father, you told us your Holy Spirit has a job, and that's of taking the Word of God in believers' hearts and planting it there and watering it and and cultivating its growth. And Father, we ask you this morning as we break the bread of life to feed us that so we might be full and to give us drink that so we might not thirst. And Lord, to more establish us and make us more like Jesus Christ by his being here. We pray now, Father, you'll bless the reading and the word of your word. Forgive me, Father, of anything I have done that's displeased you this morning that I've not confessed. Use me this morning. Bless the, the hearer, Father, in the words that goes forth. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. If you'll notice we've come through the last four or five weeks, verses five, six, and seven. And I want you to notice verse eight. The Bible says that if faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, Patience, Godliness and brotherly kindness and charity exist in verse 5 6 and 7 the Bible says in verse 8 that those things being you and abound you will be fruitful you will not be barren the Bible says down in verse 10 look at the last phrase of verse 10 ye shall never fall do you realize the greatest thing in Christianity today is the mortality rate among Christians do you understand that in churches today, more Christians die on the battlefield and are buried there than any place else? Do you realize this morning that as Christians get saved and they begin to step out and go out in the world, that when they fall in battle, that they fall and the Satan gets hold of them? As the Bible says in Second Timothy, they're taken captive by him at his will. Do you realize that more Christians are never, ever retrieved from the snare of the devil? You realize that more Christians die and they go off into sin and oh, they're saved. They live their lives in a, in a non-existent type atmosphere where they never think for the kingdom of, of God. They never bless uh, their lives by service to Jesus Christ. Why? Because they fell into sin and they never got back out. And I suppose if there's one thing this morning that you and I should be so leery of, as Paul said, be, don't be ignorant of the devices of Satan, is for us, to watch ourselves never fall. Paul even told the Corinthians that beware when a man thinketh he standeth, beware lest he fall. So falling is probably the greatest fear or the greatest the greatest problem believers have. Psalm chapter one says, "Blessed is a man that that uh, uh, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor." the he is the scornful with the lies in the law of the Lord and a man is always standing he's either standing or he's walking or he's sitting or he's fallen and that's about the only postures a man can have is, is uh, walking, standing, sitting or falling and so Christians today instead of walking as the Bible says to walk as you have us for an example the Bible says that many many Christians have fallen and, but I want to tell you this morning that the Bible gives you a guarantee you know, we tell people, this book is the Word of God, amen? amen? This book is the eternal words of God. We believe that, don't we? This tonight we're going to embark on manuscript evidence, and we're going to get in there and just rip fire and tell you why that book is the Word of God, beyond any doubt, beyond any shadow of any doubt. But, my friend, if we believe this book is the Word of God, and every word of its pure, then what this book says is right. Do you realize the Bible says, Ye shall never fall? If those seven things abound in you, that is a promise. That is a promise that I want to cling to. That is a promise that I want to grab hold of. That is a promise because I don't want to fall. I don't want to get before God the judgment seat and look at a lot of wasted years. Look at a lot of spilt milk. If you study your Bible, you'll find that the Bible credits or does not credit men with wasted years. Abraham's life, if you'll watch it, bounces in sections of years. And the reason being is because Abraham sins and God does not count certain years of his life. And I am so afraid in my life of like Abraham to fall or like David to sin and fall or like any number of people to have been on the path with God and then fallen and been nullified and been made void. If what the Bible says is true and I believe what it is, we've not much time. Second Peter chapter 3 says about this great devastation that will come upon the earth, about this great fire coming from heaven and devouring sin and devouring the world. And then Peter stops and says, If all this stuff is coming, and it is, and it's coming quickly, how godly should we live? Well, Peter wrote it 1,900 years before it's going to happen. And I think in Bible studies I've showed you on the seven-day plan how, how that God has taken those things how close we are and how that you know we're in the last days. Now, friend, I want something that's going to promise me I'll never fall. How about you? Well, I do. I want something I don't have to worry about. or I mean, I need to be on my guard. But the Bible says if those things are abounding in me and I'm living the abundant life, I am never going to fall. That's what I want. That's what I want. How do we get those things? Verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's depart for just a second and talk to you about being barren. Talk to you about fruit. Because that seems to be the thing this whole passage is hinging on. We read over in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is, the works of the flesh are. There's obviously different kinds of fruit and those 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 seven things those verses are that fruit they are the uh, they are the outcropping of a spirit-filled life now look if you would at proverbs 131 really your bible is the book of psalms the book of proverbs is, is the next book after psalms proverbs one let's just get a run at it verse 29 proverbs 129 the Bible says, For they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the what? The fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of the fool shall destroy them. But whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil notice what is the fruit of evil verse 33 not hearkening unto God that's where it starts verse 33 also says that those that hearken are going to be safe drop over to psalms 21 9 psalms 21 9 the right book behind where you're at psalm 21 9 Look at 21.8. Context here is second coming millennium. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. If you study your Bible, the right hand of God is Jesus Christ, and it's generally always a second coming context. The right hand is Jesus Christ. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger the lord shall swallow them up in his wrath the fire shall devour them verse 10 their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth and their seed from among the children of men god does not like bad fruit does he god does not like fruit that's going to be god's he's going to destroy it in his wrath he's going to burn it up the bible says it's like an oven Turn your Bibles to John chapter 15. Where we were close in Sunday school this morning. John chapter 15. You love Jesus Christ this morning? Man. Amen. 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 John chapter 15. Let's read a few verses here. John 15. One of the great passages we're all familiar with. The Bible says, I am the true vine and my father is the husband. In verse 2. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified. How? That ye bear much fruit. (laughs) The goal of your life, my friend, is to bear fruit for God. As far as God is concerned, Estelle's got a real good-looking garden out there planted. It's like he's got a whole slug of tomato plants. Estelle, around the middle end of July, will be a very enraged agricultural engineer if he goes out there and does not have a tomato. If he goes out there and sees all the little yellow buds come out next month and sees them all grow and cluster and then gets out there and all the tomatoes fall off on the ground and rot before he gets one of them. Nancy's been telling me for months of her visions of tomatoes dancing over her bed at night as she sees seeds dripping off her chin and tomato juice running down. She's, she's, they're, they're just so excited about tomatoes that they're going to have in the great multitude. She's also excited about spending hours in the kitchen canning them. And so, and so, henceforth, they plant a garden. Why? Why? To get fruit, right? They want the crop. I go out every night and walk around my garden. I go out and pull little little grasses out there, and I look at the plants. I talk to them. There's lipstick on all my zucchini plant leaves from kissing the leaves. I'm just just so so overwhelmed. waiting for the the crop to come in. So's God. So's is God. Isaiah chapter five, please. Isaiah chapter five. Now, how many people, as you're turning there, have read John chapter 15 and heard somebody say, if you don't bear fruit, God's going to cut you off and cast you forth and be burned? Anybody heard that? Let me see your hands. Yea, nay, some of you? Everybody that teaches you can lose your salvation will eventually take you to John chapter 15 and say, I am the vine, you are the branches, except you abide. The word means continually, keep on, abide in me, then you'll be cut off and cast in the fire and burned. You'll lose your salvation. My friend, that's what that verse, that chapter is teaching, by the way. The only problem is it isn't talking to you and I as a church. Now, is the Bible consistent? Amen? Consistent. So, every time you find the word vine used in the Bible, it must mean the same thing. Would that stand a reason? amen Isaiah chapter 5 now I will sing unto my well-beloved a song to my beloved touching his what vineyard my beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the what Choicest. what how many and built a tower in the midst of it also, and made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth what? Wild grapes. And now, O inhabitant of Jerusalem and men of Judea, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could I have done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Therefore when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes? And now go to, and I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down, and I will lay it waste, and it shall not be pruned nor digged. But there shall come up briars and thorns, and I will also command the clouds that it rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is what? Not us. You bear fruit. You abide in it. What happens? The vines, the branches cut off. Right? Where's the cast into the fire? Who is that Israel? Old Testament dispensation where you can lose your salvation. Understand? the Old Testament, you had to do good works to get to heaven. The Old Testament, you had to sacrifice sacrifices to get to heaven. You had to endure to the end and hang in there. That's why Saul lost his salvation, probably because he he, he didn't endure. That's why, praise God, I'm not an Old Testament Jew. (laughs) Because I'd lose it. Now, let's take a couple things. Look at verse 1 again. My beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill. There's one hill in your Bible. You know what that hill is? Zion. There's all kinds of mountains and other hills, but God's hill is Zion. Mount Zion. He fenced it he gathered out the stones thereof. He planted it with the choicest vine. What's the vine in verse 7? Israel. He built a tower in the midst of it and a wine press therein. Do you ever recall God trampling the blood of the grape until it came to the horse's bridle? Revelation 14. Do you realize when God built Israel, he put a wine press right there where one day he's going to trample all the grapes? See how God did that thing? he's got his land his vineyard fenced off if you want to find that fence look at the abrahamic uh, land grant where god gave abraham the land that's the fence and what did he do he gave it rain he fed it he weeded it he took everything and what happened it came harvest and what happened wild grapes you ever been out in the woods out turkey hunting or something, out deer hunting out in the woods and you get a vine wrapped around your feet and you fall down on that rascal and you get up and there's a great big old elephant leaf grapevine and the thing's got you wrapped up and you're about to die and it's about to strangle you, you know, and you finally get untangled from it and you look, there's a whole cluster of little grapes, right? You ever seen those little round purple grapes in the woods? You ever eat one of them? not supposed to, are you? I was always told they're poison. I was always told they're, they're real bitter. Now, what is that? Those are grapes that are totally useless, right? We talked to you guys here all back in a Bible study. God has a tree called the vine tree in Numbers chapter 5. That vine tree is worth nothing at all except for its fruit. And you'll, you can't use grape wood, vine wood to build your house out of. The only thing it's good for is to swing on trees if you're Tarzan. And who this morning is inclined to go swinging trees? Not I. Our kids might. And most of the time, you pull and it won't hold you anyway. Now, that vine is worth nothing at all except the fruit that it bears. And you've got two kinds of fruit. You've got good fruit. You've got bad fruit. Verse 4. What could I have done more to my vineyard than, what I, than, than that, that I have not done in it? Do you know what you got? You've got 39 books in your Old Testament called the Old Testament. You know what that is? That's the record of what God's done in his vineyard. But what more could he have done? How many chances did God give Israel in the book of Judges? How many chances did God give Israel in the book of Joshua? How many chances did God give Israel in 1st in and 2nd Kings and Chronicles? Over and over he repented. Over and over God bring them back. Over and over they go back into sin. Over and over. And God finally said, it's enough. You know what he's going to do verse five i will take away the hedge thereof it shall be eaten up and break down the wall thereof and it shall be trodden down what's a wall do a wall keeps things out of your garden doesn't it 606 bc we C. We're talk about tonight you know what happened israel was what's called desolated they were all carried off into slavery the wall was broken down weeds and briars have came up henceforth so on friend this morning understand god wants fruit look at Isaiah 5 what does god do when he doesn't get fruit he brings desolation doesn't he when god does not get his expected end judgment comes amen i am the vine you the branches a branch that doesn't bear fruit it's cut off and what cast in the fire praise god this morning i am not in danger of the fire i can suffer loss Praise God this morning. God does not see me as a vine. God sees me as Jesus Christ, the vineyard master. Friend, Bible says that if you don't have faith, virtue, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, and if those things do not abound in your life, you will be barren. You will not be fruitful. The Bible says, He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. You know what's afar off? The judgment. You know what's afar off to us? Death. Terry, after the sailing next week, let's get all the kids together. Come over to Estelle's house, have Cokes and popcorn, talk about dying. Want to? let's do it all get t- in fact let's not wait till this tonight we'll all get together we'll have some popcorn cokes i'll make some burritos we'll just have a great time we'll talk about death coffins satin all kinds of great things organ music y- y'all come bring your friends deaths are far off isn't it isn't it long way away we don't think about our death people that sit around thinking about their death people usually think they got a court low or a brick short or something The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 that if you don't have those things in your life, you're blind, you cannot see afar off, and the last one, you've forgotten that you were purged from your old sins. Let me ask you a question. Please give me your undivided attention. What would you be right now if he had not died? What kind of agony would your life be?